This is Quinn David Furness. You didn't think I was going to be uploading this week, did you? Waited till Sunday night. Got the Sunday scaries. That's a term I heard about this week, perhaps for the first time, and I don't like it. it so it's it's Sunday scaries. By the way, this is Quinn David Furness of the Beantown Podcast. We're coming to you live from beautiful Beantown here at 817 St. Paul Street. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Sunday scaries. It's this idea that your Sundays suck because the next day you have to go to work. And I got to tell you, I don't like it. What kind of life is that? Who are we? Who are we kidding here? Anyways, that's not the first rant you're going to hear today. Got I got some things to say, so I'm glad you're here to listen. Uh yeah. We are uh we're coming off a very long week. That uh that Oscar's predictacular. We recorded what about 10 days ago, but honestly it feels like a month. So much has been going on since then, but I won't bore you with the details. The Oscars were a week ago. I managed to stay awake for the whole thing, which I was really proud of myself for. If you missed our Oscars predictacular last week, we had Ryan Ligon on, who's the co-host of the brilliantly crafted Car Ride Convos podcast. Episode 4 just went live on YouTube yesterday. So if you're not caught up on those, I encourage you to go check them out again. It's the Car Ride Convos podcast. Ryan was gracious enough to come on our show last week and give some hot takes on the Oscars. And yeah, uh, we did pretty well. I didn't uh, I didn't go back and, and tally up all the scores, but I think I finished with 17 out of 24 correct. 17, 1, 7. I was pretty happy with that. Only big miss was best picture. Went for the dark horse. It's not a race thing. It's a term that Kate was, was long before Get Out was nominated. They're saying dark horse is a is a movie term. You know, I I don't know if I was the first one to use the term dark horse, but um, I don't know. Maybe others have said it, but I I think I was you know if not the first one of you know the top two or three people originally using dark horse. Um, yeah, but Shape of Water came in and uh and got best picture which was fine i don't know i just in 10 years all you're going to think about when you think of shape of water is the movie with the fish banging so i don't know nothing against fish sex but it's it just it is what it is um i've started a new tradition two new traditions i actually want to briefly touch on here for time capsular purpose. Uh, first, Fast Mondays. That's right, Fast Mondays. It's exactly what it sounds like. We don't have any food from Sunday night at dinner time. We eat dinner, which is coming up soon here for me, until Tuesday morning for breakfast. We're taking Mondays off. We're giving the old uh, duodenum a rest. We drank uh, water and tea, occasionally some coffee, depending on how that day is looking. But, yeah, tomorrow is Monday, March 12th, and that is going to be the fourth consecutive Fast Monday. So it's going well. People have asked me about it. They think I'm crazy. Uh, My response to that is 
glad you didn't know me in college because that's when I would do the three, five, one time I did a seven day fast. Those things were a lot more challenging than the, than the one day fast. So yeah, they're going well. The second tradition I started doing, so big classic rock fan, also a big fan of crepes, breakfast food in general. Something was naturally going to happen here. We're doing weekend brunches, crepes, and Michael McDonald. Boom. That's it. In college, I would do pancakes on Sunday mornings with Green Day. Green Day, one of those those classic Sunday morning bands for going to church, taking communion, that sort of thing. I'm getting a little bit older in my life, you know, starting to get some grays, starting to look a little bit less like Billy Joe Armstrong and more like Michael McDonald. So, yeah, we've... Uh, Oh, and we got we got all the hits going. We got uh, let's see, minute by minute. We've got Yamo be there, one of my favorites. Ain't no mountain high enough. Uh, I keep forgetting we're not in love anymore. That's a classic one. And then my favorite, What a Fool Believes. And I've even been working on the impression here. So. So uh, fondle me for one second here. Uh, he came from somewhere back in the long ago. Sentimental fools just hard to had yet to be created. For once in a life, she had a place in his life. He never made a thing twice. As he rises to her apology, everybody else would surely do. Anyways, so it's a work in progress, but Michael McDonald, Doobie Brothers are fantastic. Thank you for uh, fondling isn't the word I wanted to use there a couple minutes ago. <laughs> That's that. Um, uh, one more thing I want to rant about, um, and... For anyone listening to this, I'm not calling you out because I, I can think of a couple, you know, thousand people who are going to be listening to this saying, oh, my God, he's talking about me. No, it's a collective thing. It's not personal. People who and this is a this is a 2018 society culture thing. It's not brand new, but it's it's not going away. People who have to Snapchat or Insta chat or Facebook Live or Pixlr or Napster chat every single moment. I'm talking, you got your phone up, you're recording every moment, no matter what. Maybe it's a concert, maybe you took like 20 10 second videos of your, your band that you're watching, and we got to click through all of it. Maybe um, maybe it's a birthday party or something, and instead of imbibing in the moment, enjoying the moment, you gotta hold up your phone and capture every detail. Maybe you're you're playing the organ at church, and instead of you know leading the congregation in how great thou art, you're talking about how much Insta chat art is going to be up on my page later. So. That's my rant. Uh, put the phones away. I, I don't know. It's just this, this incessant, constant need for emotional 
validation via social media is just it's out of hand people don't know how to actually interact in the moment anymore anyways as i've gotten older and into you know some of my more twilight years these are things that i've picked up on so for all you youngsters out there i'm cool and if you're looking at my snapchat today I think I found that good balance, right? Took one video, like three pictures. The video was like eight seconds long, three pictures. It's easy. You get a feel for the experience I had today. I'm not saying don't share any experiences, but you 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 watch Snapchats or Insta chats or Pinterest chats of concerts, and it's. You're basically videotaping the entire concert, which last time I checked, U.S. patent liability and uh, comptroller laws, not not acceptable uh, or accessible or infringible in our state. So uh, respect the, the Seventh Amendment. You know, that's, that's what I say. Uh, that's all the ranting I want to do. This is... A podcast that is going to be dedicated mostly to college basketball because the brackets were just released literally an hour ago. One more thing before we get into my picks for March Madness. We did get an advice question. I always love to see the advice questions. You can send any of your questions, comments, concerns, if you have some grievances to air, uh, if you're looking for relationship advice, uh, whatever it may be, send those to Beantown Podcast at yahoo.com. That's Beantown, B E A N T O W N Podcast at yahoo.com. You can also send us a message on Facebook. Don't forget, for grit, for grit. <coughs> Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud. We're up on Twitter. Uh, we're on my own garage band account. Uh, there are so many ways to get in touch with us, and you fans are the ones who are keeping this going from your pledge drive telethon to the questions we got about doing your taxes this year uh, to questions about who's going to be in, who's going to be out of the March Madness tournament this year. All that stuff, you guys are making this all happen, and I really think we're going to strike gold pretty soon here and get that corporate sponsor uh, we've been in touch with Jack Links, but <clears throat> let's get to the advice here. Okay, dear Quinn David, first off, big fan of the podcast, and I think you're really funny. Hey, if you're ever doing stand-up in New York City, let me know. Uh, wow, that's high praise. Uh, my ex broke up with me a few months ago, and to be honest, I still haven't recovered emotionally. Well, let me tell you, you're coming to the right person because... Anyone who knows my personal romantic life uh, knows that, that this is basically me. Uh, I don't speak to him or think about him that much these days anymore, but the pain of what happened is still fresh in my mind, subway fresh. Uh, let's get a sip of water. Wow, this is a long one. Here we go. Mm. I feel like uh, Marco Rubio up there. Uh, my initial reaction was I want to be single for a long time, but as time's gone on, as days go by, and I feel our love with tenderness, I still feel this way, and the thought of another relationship... <laughs> 
makes me anxious. And to be honest, I just don't want that. I miss having someone to eat dinner with and go on holiday with. Go on holiday with? Are you New York City or are you from like Scotland or something? I was about to swear there. I forgot. Had not given the listener discretion is advised tag. So let's do that real quick. Listener discretion is advised when you are listening to the Beantown podcast. First and foremost, might be using some adult language here and there. Second and uh, latter most, uh, the podcast is just genuinely and generically terrible. So you've been warned. I miss having someone to go eat dinner with and go on holiday with, but that's about it. Don't miss. Okay, we got through that. Uh, and I even. And even if I wanted to, come on, Quinn, you got this, wanted to meet someone, I don't think I would find it easy. She used the wrong uh, meet, M-E-A-T, ultimate piece of meat. Uh, I hate online dating, retweet that, and I don't go out drinking much, uh, at least not by myself. Same here. I work with, with few young people, and I have joined a few clubs but there isn't any men. Sausage alert! Uh, how long has it taken people to move on enough to want a relationship again? This is actually a really intriguing question. I'm about, I don't know, nine months out from my last like weird pseudo-relationship. And I haven't had any, like, I don't know, concrete long-term type thing since then. I've had multiple ladies who I have seen multiple times for multiple dates uh, in addition to a billion one-off Tinder dates that have not gone anywhere. But, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I am, I don't know. I don't have a good answer to your question because if I did, then I probably wouldn't be single on a Sunday night talking about Sunday scaries about to go through my bracket with the rest of the nation tuning in. But here's my advice to you. Ditch the online dating, or at least don't go as hard in the paint. I have friends who are going on like two or three dates a week, talking to five different people. For some people that works, for people like you and me, it's just not sustainable. It just takes so much energy, so much concentration. And it's really taken away from things that are important, like learning uh, logins and Messina songs and the guitar. Yes, that's happening. Look out for that in a coming podcast. Or things like um, reading books or uh, calling your grandparents. It's going to take away from the important things. So here's my advice. Keep going with the social clubs. Find things that you genuinely like to do. And I feel pretty confident that it's going to happen uh, orgasmically. Uh, another thing you can do is look at your local YMCA. See if there are any singles nights, maybe a singles cooking class or a singles archery class. These are all things you can use to to really get back in the game. Or maybe, uh, I don't know, Just just go wild. Have yourself a day. Ditch the online dating. Focus on the things that make you happy, you know, whatever that may be. That's my advice for you. As promised, I don't want to make anyone wait any longer. If you are a fan of March Madness, this is the podcast you want to be listening to because we're about to go live through my picks for March Madness. 
this is happening right now. Let's go ahead and jump right in. Don't uh, beat around the bush anymore. For those of you who really have that good inside knowledge of college basketball, you know Wichita State is winning it all this year. So let's just put that out in the open. But sure, we can pick the rest of the the non-Wichita games and see what's going to happen. So we're going to start here in the south. 1 verse 16, Virginia versus UMBC, University of Maryland, Baltimore County, which until about 48 hours ago I thought was a community college, actually. But no, turns out four-year public research university. They're taking on number one seed in America, Virginia. Uh, there's never been a 16 seed to defeat a number one seed, and you can be sure as hell I'm not picking against the 30, whatever they were, 34 and 2 Virginia Cavaliers. So we're picking Virginia. Uh, next, Creighton, 8 seed versus Kansas State, 9 seed. These 8 versus 9s are always a complete toss up. The seedings mean nothing. Um, I really haven't watched much college basketball in the Big 12 this year. I have seen Creighton plenty of times being a fan of a Big East team myself, being an alma mater of a Big East team myself. So I like Creighton. I like Coach McDermott. We're going with Creighton. Next down, we have Kentucky, number five, versus Davidson, number 12. Steph Curry went there. Uh, Davidson pulling the upset away from Rhode Island today, but... Kentucky, coached by Calipari, is one of those teams that is a wild card, wild cat every year. I don't know how confident I am in them this year, but I'm confident enough that they're not going to lose to Davidson in the first round. Steph Curry, of course, has graduated, gone on to uh, uh, to play pro a little bit in the NBA. Next down here, Arizona Wildcats versus the Buffalo Bison, I think. That's it seems right, doesn't it? Buffalo Bison uh, winning the Mid-American Conference. Uh, Arizona, of course, caught up in some big time scandal right now, but they just went out to the Pac-12 conference tournament and kicked ass and took names. I'm not picking against them. I pick zero upsets in those first four games. Let's move on to the other side of the South. We have Miami, Florida versus Loyola, Chicago, 6 versus 11. This is going to be probably the most popular uh, significant upset pick in the round of 64, and I will jump on that bandwagon as well. Um, Not that I don't think Miami is capable, but uh, I don't know. LUC, the magic. Let's ride it at least one more round for those guys. Next, Tennessee versus Wright State, 3 versus 14. I don't know anything about Wright State. I think it's in Ohio. Um, That's close to LeBron James, so I don't like it. We're going with Tennessee. Next, number 7, Nevada versus number 10, Texas. Nevada supposed to do well in their conference tournament. They got upended, I think. So we're going with number 10, Texas. Shock is smart there. And then number two, Cincinnati versus number 15, Georgia State. Georgia State, of course, has that awesome coach from last year who broke his leg and was coaching with the, uh, what was it, the stool. That that was awesome. I think they won a couple of games. Ooh, uh, Cincinnati's too good. They, they kicked ass in the regular season. They kicked ass in the conference tournament against uh, Houston today. So we're going with the Bearcats. Uh, 
let's go ahead and finish out the region here. Instead of jumping around from region to region, we'll, we'll get to a region winner. We'll do that three more times, and we'll pick our final four. Uh, man, this is an exciting podcast. Here we go. Virginia versus Creighton, one versus eight. I got to tell you, I've watched UVA a couple of times this year. I haven't seen anything that's telling me that they're going to be a one seed that gets upended before at least the Sweet 16. So we're, we're taking UVA over Creighton. Then Kentucky versus Arizona. This is five versus four. This is actually really intriguing. Mercy, that was a wow, loud belch. Kentucky versus Arizona. I'm taking Arizona here. Uh, I think Sean Miller's coaching with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, and not the tortilla kind. <laughs> so uh, we're taking Arizona. Uh, next we have Loyola Chicago versus Tennessee. That's 11 versus 3. A really intriguing matchup. Uh, I don't think that the SEC is any good in basketball this year, if I'm being honest. No hate to uh, Tennessee or Kentucky. But, uh, yeah, let's let's ride LUC one more time, Okay. Let's let's take them over the Volunteers and then Texas versus Cincinnati. Uh, can't pick against my Bearcats this early, not my Bearcats, but <clears throat> they represent my conference. So, taking Cincinnati there, that leaves us with four teams left: UVA versus Arizona. Again, I like UVA too much, and I really haven't gotten to see Arizona play that much. So, taking UVA and then LUC versus Cincinnati, uh, I'm going to be the jackass who takes one and two here taking Cincinnati over LUC and then Virginia versus Cincinnati maybe the two best defensive teams in the country this game could finish 40 to 38 and that's not an exaggeration but Virginia versus Cincinnati I think Cincinnati's good but I think UVA is great we're taking UVA out of the south bracket okay that was the first quarter of it. Let's move on here before we run too long. Let's go to the West, my absolute favorite bracket, because here are this. This is one one through six here: Xavier, North Carolina, Michigan, Gonzaga, Ohio State, and Houston, all the way down at the number six seed. Those are six teams right there, all out of one. Uh, one regional that, that, in my opinion, can easily win this entire thing, except for Ohio State. Uh, yeah, not a, not a Buckeyes fan myself. So let's, let's start off here. Xavier versus the winner of uh, North Carolina Central, I think that is, versus Texas Southern. Never pick against the number one seed in the opening round. Take Xavier. And then Mizzou versus Florida State. Mizzou, of course, getting Michael Porter back and then they proceeded to lose their opening game in the SEC tournament which was hilarious um, or no Mizzou's in the big 12 I think uh, we're taking Florida State 9 over the 8 there here's another upset pick upset alert Ohio State versus the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State we're taking the Jackrabbits at number 12 over the Buckeyes and then Gonzaga 4 versus UNC Greensboro 13 Gonzaga is too good, uh, too sound to lose that one in the opening round. We're taking them. Moving down, Houston versus the surprise San Diego State Aztecs, 6 versus 11. 
Just watched Houston beat my Wichita State Shockers yesterday and then lose by one to Cincinnati in the American Tournament final today. So, yeah, we're not picking against Houston just yet. We'll take them at six. Michigan versus Montana. I don't know if there will be a single bracket that takes Montana. Uh, Michigan, it just looks too good. They are probably the hottest team in the country right now, and picking against them in the first round is foolish, in my opinion. Texas A&M versus Providence. This will be another popular upset pick. What you're going to find with this bracket is that I'm not taking any crazy names here because I watched, and this, this is how it goes, and same thing with the Oscars, perhaps. You watch it. I've watched college basketball way more this year than any other year in the past, so I like to think I'm more well-informed, which is going to make me more primed for upsets. So when they happen, they'll happen, but uh, we're just going to roll with what, what looks right right now. I'm taking Providence at 10 over A&M at 7, and then UNC versus Lipscomb. When I saw Lipscomb had made the tournament, I was shocked because <laughs> Lipscomb University and Lipscomb uh, Christian High School are our partner high school and college that I actually recruit from in Nashville, and I'd never heard of them before. I went there this fall, and all of a sudden they're dancing. So good for those guys. We're taking North Carolina over Lipscomb. Apologies to my Christian brothers there. Uh, let's move back up to the top of the West here, Xavier versus Florida State. I don't think Xavier is that great, actually. I think it's the worst number one seed, but we're going to take them over Florida State. South Dakota State, number 12 versus Gonzaga, number four. We're taking Gonzaga over South Dakota State. Houston versus Michigan in the round of 32, which is ridiculous because these are two teams that can go to the final four. Uh Man, this this is one where I think Michigan's the better team, but I've seen Houston play more recently, and they look really tough. I'm taking Houston over Michigan. Suck it, Wolverines. And the Providence versus North Carolina. As magical as Providence run through the Big East tournament was, UNC's just got too much experience to lose in the round of 32. We're taking them. Jump back up to Xavier versus Gonzaga. Let's Let's go for it here. And uh, and knock off our number one seed. And let's take Gonzaga. They were in the national title game last year. Let's get them back to the Elite Eight. Then Houston versus North Carolina. Man, North Carolina looks good, but I like Houston too much. We're taking those guys. This is going to be a very uh, American-heavy uh, bracket. I already have two out of my final eight teams in the from the American. It's going to be three. That's not going to happen. Uh, Gonzaga versus Houston. I'll take Gonzaga out of the West. Okay, so we have UVA and we have Gonzaga. Let's move to the Midwest, my home region. Kansas versus Penn. That's a joke. Give me Kansas. Uh, Seton Hall at eight versus NC State at nine. Probably the most toss-up-ish of all games in that I've only seen Seton Hall play once and I have not seen NC State play. I have no idea. Let's take the Big East and go with Seton Hall. Number five, Clemson versus number 12, New Mexico State. I really am not a believer in Clemson this year, so we're taking, is that the Lobos of New Mexico State or is that New Mexico? I don't know, but we're taking New Mexico State. Number four, Auburn versus number 13, Charleston. 
Also not a believer in Auburn this year, but I'll take them for this opening round game. Number six, TCU versus number 11, just the winner of Arizona State versus Syracuse. Uh, I'll take number 11 here, whoever wins that, ASU or Syracuse. TCU, their first time in the tournament in however many years. It's a crazy drought. I don't think that they're ready for it. Uh, Michigan State, number three, versus Bucknell, 14. Give me the Spartans. Number seven, Rhode Island, versus number 10, Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma is trash, and they have no business being in this tournament. Outside of Trey Young, they have absolutely nothing. Give me Rhode Island at number seven, and the number two, Duke. Versus the team that seems to be in this goddamn tournament every year, and I don't know if they've ever won a game, Iona. It's not Iowa. It's Iona at number 15. Gimme Duke. Let's go back up to the top of the Midwest. Kansas versus Seton Hall. Kansas is too good. Take them. New Mexico State versus Auburn. I want to pick against Auburn before the Sweet 16 because I don't think that they're that good. But I also have zero confidence in New Mexico State after that Clemson win. So give me Auburn. Uh, The winner of ASU or Syracuse versus Michigan State, it's dangerous to pick a playing team into the Sweet 16. So I'm taking Michigan State and Rhode Island versus Duke. Yeah, this is going to be a fun no upset filled bracket for me because I'm taking number two Duke. So we have one, two, three, four. Kansas versus Auburn. Give me Kansas. Duke versus Michigan State in a potential Sweet 16 game. Entertaining as hell. Who? Give me Duke. I like the way Duke's playing. Kansas versus Duke in the Elite Eight for the winner of the Midwest. I'm liking Duke. I really, I th- I think they're playing really well. And uh, and we'll we'll see what happens there. Picking against Kansas is always tough, but it brings me great satisfaction. Okay, our final bracket. This one will be quick because everyone knows that Wichita State is advancing out of it. Nova number one versus the winner of LU Brooklyn or Radnor. Give me Nova. Virginia Tech or Alabama eight nine. I'll take Alabama. West Virginia versus Murray State. I don't know where Murray State is. Maybe it's in Ohio. Maybe it's in Pennsylvania. I'll take West Virginia. Wichita State versus Marshall. That's a joke. Give me Wichita. Florida, number six, versus the winner of St. Bonnie's versus UCLA. I don't think Florida's good, but I will take them over either of those two teams from the West Coast. Texas Tech, three, versus Stephen F. Stephen F. Austin, 14. Love Stephen F. Austin. What are they? The the Grenades or something is their name, but I'm taking the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Arkansas at number seven versus Butler at number 10. I want to pick against Arkansas because I also don't think they're that good, but they're matched up with a Butler team that I just don't think has it this year. Uh, give me Arkansas. And then Purdue, number two versus Cal State Fullerton, number 15. Give me Purdue. Moving back up here, Nova versus Alabama, taking Nova. West Virginia versus Wichita State, that's an easy one. Give me Wichita. Florida versus Texas Tech, taking Texas Tech. And, wow, this is going to be one, two, three, four again. What an exciting bracket. Arkansas versus Purdue, I'm taking Purdue. Uh, Okay, easy pick. Villanova versus Wichita State, one it won the uh, national title two years ago. The other is Wichita State. Easy pick, Wichita. Then Texas Tech versus Purdue. I'll take Texas Tech in the upset over Purdue. 
And then in the Elite Eight, Wichita versus Texas Tech. Give me Wichita. Okay, we're down to our final four to refresh the memories of our listeners here because we went through that mighty quickly. We have a final four game consisting of Virginia versus Gonzaga. And on the other half, we have Wichita versus Duke. I will take Virginia over Gonzaga. And I will, of course, take Wichita State over Duke. You're asking me to pick Virginia versus Wichita in a national title game. You better believe the Shockers are going all the way this year. Boom. That's it. Wichita is going hard in the paint. They're going to be tough to beat. I'm a big, big believer in Wichita. There is the bracket. You heard it here live. If you want to use my bracket to win Warren Buffett's, you know, billion-dollar challenge, by all means, do it. You just got to share it halfsies with me. You know, it's like when uh, you're playing the game of life and you, you earn the card and it's share the wealth, you know. You got to pay me half. So I'm playing one of those cards on you, lucky listeners. Um, yeah, we've been long on the podcast last couple of weeks, especially last week. We were up over an hour because there's so many great Oscars movies to, to sift through. That is, uh, that's what I wanted to, to talk about. We're going to Philadelphia on Tuesday. We're going to Chicago this weekend. We might try to do a live broadcast from St. Patrick's Day in Chicago. We got to get a few things figured out there. Thank you all for listening. Again, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, grievances you want to air, big problems you want to get out into the open, relationship questions, you can send them to beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. That's beantown. B-E-A-N-T-O-W-N podcast. Mercy. Yahoo.com. Listen to a Yahoo over here on this podcast. Uh, Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We got a Twitter. We might be exploring Pixlr. I've heard good things about. So look for some big announcements coming up here. That's all I got to say for you. This has been Quinn David Furness. This is the Beantown Podcast. Have a good week, and I'll check in on you next weekend.